Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phoenix. Please welcome a man who's the only person in the world to be a champion of champions of both House of Games and Taskmaster. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> champion of champions. I've won pointless on the fourth, on the fourth attempt. So, uh, done every round, done every round. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to see you all. Thank you for coming. Welcome to Richard Herring's Limitlessly Superior Taskmaster uh, podcast. I, I, want, I can talk about it. So it's been about eight months since we did that, so well done to anyone who's in the audience who didn't let on, but uh, I am the best and Ed Gamble is the worst, and that is... <laughs> to be honest, if Ed Gamble had come last, that would have been enough for me. That would have been a win. I wasn't paying attention after that. No, I was talking to uh, the Sinclair C5 Owners Club the other day. Remember the, remember the Sinclair C5? I mean, you're much too young to remember it. Uh, it was all right, actually, and ahead of its time. If you laughed at that, you're a fool. Um, they call it Rallastopus. So I don't know if that's going oh, to catch on. Um, yeah, things are, things are going all right. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of uh, starting to take... Uh, I'm, starting, I'm thinking of starting to take my comedy career seriously. That's a decision I've made 30 years in. Um, my, uh, you know, my natural talent, uh, as uh, I thought it, it's not fair to put in an effort to the other comedians because I'm so naturally talented at comedy, but maybe I owe it to my fans. 
uh, to up my game. Uh, but my fans are quite stupid, though, and uh, <laughs> might not be able to keep up if I move up a level. So don't worry, idiots. I'm only thinking about it. I'll let you know when I start moving up a gear. Um, I've uh, I've been uh, I've been out running again. I ran a 10k yesterday in the um, I'm a bit tired in the sunshine up loads of hills in Hertfordshire. Um, but it made me think. I was watching myself on Taskmaster and thinking I was quite thin back in September <laughs> last year because I was training for a half marathon. So I've decided this year to run two half marathons in a week. It's a marathon, isn't it? If it's two, <laughs> just with a little gap in between for me to have a rest. Uh, so if you're interested in uh, helping to kill me. Um, justgiving.com slash monoball2 and I'm going to raise m money for Movember um, and uh, hopefully they'll uh, if we, they can raise enough money they can start up an international men's day because there is never there would there would <coughs> wouldn't be allowed would it that's the thing you wouldn't be allowed if we raise enough money though they'll have to do it anyway <laughs> look we're going to crack straight on <coughs> um, so my guest this week uh, is probably best known for being in the band Pubic Cube. <laughs> That's why we're here tonight. Hopefully he'll do some of the numbers from that. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Cunt from Cunt and the Gang. Here he is. I always have trouble getting... You're much taller than I thought you would be. I thought you'd be small. No, it's the, the internet squashes you down. Is it? Is yeah. that what it is? <laughs> well, a man say that to me in a barber earlier on in, in Fenchurch Street. Right. You, you come across... You know, you remind me... This won't mean anything to you. You look like a cross between Phil Fry and Dave Smith. They're just two of my friends from school. But, uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what you look like. So oh, They good. were both small guys, so I was expecting you to be small. It's because I'm very humble. Is so, it? Lot, yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Um, pubic Cube, that was, uh, what was... Oh, those were the days. Yeah. I mean, you've done a few, you were in a few bands before. Oh, yeah. Gang. I mean, if you can call Cunton Gang a band, because it's just you and a puppet, right? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's more than one person, right? It is, that's very If well you do it properly, that's more than one person. That's true, that is true. Uh, what, so, what, yeah. I've been listening to your audio book, which is called I Cunt. Yep. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, it took a little while to, to hit the formula that you that you've got to, and it took the arrival of the internet, really, didn't it? For Definitely, for yeah. To take off. So, uh, yeah. What would t can you tell us anything about Pubic Cube? Is there much Pubic to say? Cube is like a, a two-piece synth pop right. uh, comedy outfit, <laughs> but we we didn't really know what we were doing, and there was nowhere for us to play, so we just kind of would go around these talent competitions that were uh, <laughs> in sort of Essex, they were in Essex pubs. And there'd sort of be about 30 people there and there'd be like some bloke who looked like John Bon Jovi singing Nights in White Satin. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a pushy pair of pushy parents with their teenage daughter singing Celine Dion. Some fucking terrible local magician. And then <laughs> us just going on and singing Take That A Cunts. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get on in those? You did all right though, didn't you? Well, you half, half the people yeah. loved it and half the people hated it. Yeah. But, but the people that hated it just made them really angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cunt and the Gang. I mean, that, I see, it's, it's an interesting name to choose for yourself. Um, but I think it's a bit, uh, actually, a moment of genius to do that. Because you're sort of covered, aren't you? Because 
your stuff isn't isn't everyone's taste, and some people might find what you do offensive. I don't know if you realise that. Prudes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're called Cunt and the Gang, they can't really complain, can they? I came to see Cunt and the Gang, and it was not what I was expecting. Oh, but you know what? In, in Edinburgh, you'd be surprised in in Edinburgh when, because obviously doing like the free fringe yeah. gigs, you get a lot of people who just turn up with their mates, or you know, because it's free and kind of come in. Yeah. And I mean, there were some really like grumpy looking people, and it, it <laughs> you know, when you sort of look out and see people like with their arms crossed, and they just kind of get higher and higher and higher <laughs> as the gig goes on. So I started doing like a. A, a three-song amnesty. Yeah. And I said, look, this is called Cunt and the Gang. You know, if you come to see a German orchestra, Cunt and the Gang, you're mistaken. <laughs> if you don't like it within three songs, fuck off and no one's going to say anything. But if you're here after three songs, look like you're enjoying it, otherwise I'm singling you out. <laughs> <laughs> and reading the book, you uh, you know, you grew up in, uh, in Essex, Basildon, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and... Um, and obviously, the Depeche Mode came from there. There's a little bit of Depeche Mode influence in your music, I would say. It's yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> there is. <laughs> I mean, arguably, they've been more successful with it than you have, but only... I well, mean, it's you know, close. but I haven't finished yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've just lost a member. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm available. Yeah, you're right. We can come together. Depeche cunts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, it seems like uh, comedy was also the, the real kind of influence. You sort of, in your book, you talk about liking um, the young ones. Yeah, the young and, ones and, and Filthy Rich and Cat Club. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, the sort of 70s sitcoms, Rising Damp and Faulty Towers. Yeah. You yeah. Again, you don't look old enough. I didn't think you were you're sort of about the same age as me. You look very... Yeah, mid Is that your own hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a good thick head of hair there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to give you any secrets because you'll just you'll copy the look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Viz, I think, like... Because you, you, I remember in, you, you talk about going to see the Mac lads, who I never saw, but they were always, in, they were always mentioned in Viz. Yeah, that's, so, that's where I found out about yeah, in Viz. yeah. So it's, it, that's kind of the. It feels like the genesis of of your stuff might have come from that influence, which I think a lot for a lot of comedians of our generation. Viz is yeah. I mean, Viz, Viz was yeah, completely yeah. In, integral in sort of you know give, giving you something to kind of just just snigger about at school that the teachers wouldn't like. You yeah, know? and it's and 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 so was that. And the Mac lads, again, were quite a, a rude and offensive. Right? It was they, all they about shagging and drinking, basically, wasn't they, it? They were, yeah, they were quite out there. Yeah. Some of it hasn't dated so well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of your stuff probably hasn't dated that well either. But, uh, no, no, <laughs> some, you can't. The thing is, you can't say anything these days, can you? You can't, that's, you can't say anything. <laughs> so what, what, what do you think made you want to go down this route of I mean because it's I love it it's at the, it's because the stuff you're doing is offensive but there's a real wit behind it and also the character is that you are is sort of so vulnerable and also there's there's a there's a soft side to cunt teat <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> and it's sort of quite right it's sort of quite right on actually isn't it, it uh, underneath it all it's I, I, I don't know I mean because people always people always sort of say like, well, where's where's the line? Is there anywhere yeah. you wouldn't go? But it's it's sort of not as simple as that. Is if if you find something, if you find a funny angle on something bleak, then you've just got to go. You've got to go with it. Yeah. And well, I find it interesting because like a couple, a couple we'll get into this story, but a couple of the, I think when you're presented with tragedy, 
there's two ways to go, which is either to be very sad or to try and laugh your way through it a little bit, which it seems to be for you. Yeah. Because obviously Tiny Cunt is... Oh, I didn't know this till I... <laughs> till I <laughs> Like Red George Bugby, but you I mean, little, little cunt, tiny little cunt sounds even worse. That's a new member, <laughs> <laughs> might, might be better. Uh, it's um, but you were you, you had a twin brother, so you actually had a, you, which you didn't know about for a long time, but you had a twin brother who died in uh, before before you he was you were born, right? Yeah, and so you've turned him into in, it's a sort of a tribute to him as much as anything this I character. mean it's not really is it well <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know he did he's only, no, no. he's only a fetus he didn't you know yeah but exactly is, yeah. But yeah very pr- presumptuously <laughs> yes yeah. it's what he would have wanted <laughs> well you know it's hard to it, we were getting into an, uh, an argument that uh, is quite current if we're not careful but and then also I think yours is the second book I've read where someone, somebody you know, has died in, um, presumably the the, the 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 famous ferry disaster with the yeah. Zeebrugger. Um So you, a, a girlfriend of yours, died in. I mean, is it, that true? I, I think it. I think it'd be a very a real stretch to say a girlfriend. girlfriend well, a girl. you know, yeah, yeah, a, a girl I met on holiday and had designs towards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, but then to turn because to turn it into you know sort of silly childish puerile humour. Is an interesting way to go, but it, it does give it. Uh, it also gives it an undercurrent of. Uh, you but know. but I think that's that's the thing with you know that's that's what I think make, makes comedy songs work mm-hmm. is at the heart of them you just have a grain of truth and it doesn't matter how how far you move away yeah. for, from that grain of truth if there's a grain of truth in there then people will feel feel it I, I think yeah I mean the, the apart from wank the dog <laughs> 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 I mean all of them. <laughs> I mean, I've been. They're too cat. The songs are too catchy. I've been just walking around singing Paperboy, Paperboy. <laughs> and it's not. It's just fine until you. Yeah. Until you finish it off. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> uh, but even that song is, a, is actually about how wrong it would be to. <laughs> to rape a boy. So yeah. it is, you know, it's, it's a song with a strong moral. Yeah. Against. But. That's, that's what I love doing is promoting this idea and then at the end of it say, well, of course, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you, you can cheat. With comedy songs, you can cheat and you can use those kind of advert melodies, you know, like the shake and vac. Yeah. Because if you were Coldplay or someone proper, you'd never get away with using those kind of cheesy ma- major chord melodies. Yeah. But yeah, with comedy songs, you can get away with using them, but they really just stick in your head. They do, but they're, but they're great songs, and the <laughs> lyrically, are, you know, there's so much, as well as being childish and offensive, there's so much, you know, a lonely wank in a travel lodge, which I, could, I, can, li- I can listen to. <laughs> I can honestly listen to that endlessly. It's one of those songs I can go back to. The other one is uh, uh, Tim Minchin's song about Phil Doust. I can go back to that song, and every time I hear it, and same with the Travel Lodge, I'll just laugh as much as the, the first time you heard it. I think because as a comedian, it really resonates. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those. It's, yeah. just, it's quite relentlessly bleak, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but there's, there's the line about what wanking in the mirror and watching yourself cry. <laughs> <laughs> But the way it's expressed is rather beautiful. <laughs> so do listen, listen to that. Um, 
yeah, uh, <laughs> we get we're whisking through your 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 work, so it's uh, uh, and we will get on to we will get on to, to talking about the the more recent stuff. But um, uh, well, it's interesting. Well, there's lots of interesting because I think you you are the, the you know you you have your cake and eat it, I suppose. But like in the in the in the audio book, you kind of reveal that you're a vegetarian, which might might surprise people, but you don't kind of bang on about it apart from in the audio book. Yeah, no, I don't like to make a big thing about it apart no. from in the audio book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting reason. So you know, the, it's a, you, you, your friend worked in a in an abattoir. Yeah, I, I had a mate when we were when we were kids, uh, you know, sort of teenagers. When worked in an abattoir, yeah. and would come back with Easter. Yeah, who never guess what we done today? You know, like and uh, sort of a nail for a baseball bat, and you just like just some awful, awful stories. Yeah, and you just kind of think, <sighs> I don't know, like I mean, they're basically like the. Farms, farms, and abattoirs are like concentration camps for for animals, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and and so once you kind of get your head around that, just didn't really see any option other than to kind of give it up. Yeah. But again, I think people, because I think what's interesting, I think, is um, you know, they had one tweet from someone saying how how can you put this guy on? You know, he's he's done this song about whatever it was about right so what one was that uh, it was <laughs> it was about you uh killing some raping <laughs> someone with a table leg i think is what they said but i, I don't, i've not heard that song <laughs> it was it was a hypothetical sex worker <laughs> i didn't actually do it well that's and, and if i had i was drunk at the time <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't bother replying to him, but I kind of thought, you know, yeah, there's, there's I wouldn't have someone on if they had done, if I knew that they'd done that. Well, if I had yeah. done it, I'd, I'd keep it really quiet <laughs> so I could get on, <laughs> so I could get on Rahulustapur. It would be, you know, it'd be good for me if you did admit that on, on it, but I mean, no, it would be bad. It would be awful for everyone. It's, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Where was I going? But, um, yeah, but I think because, you know, you're genuinely a working class guy from Essex, and there's a sort of there's a there's a snobbishness the other way, right? Though those right on people in a way, then they're they're being prejudiced, I think, in, in terms of but why is this guy daring to, you know, do this kind of awful kind of comedy? I think there's a sort of middle class I d I judgmentalness. Do you think or not? I don't know. I mean, as as a white bloke, you can't start complaining about being a minority. Did you hear Gary Lineker say <laughs> the other day that he, he he got taken the mickey out of school for having dark skin? He got racial prejudice towards him. I mean, like, if, <laughs> if you're a white bloke and you start complaining about what a terrible time you've had, it's just not, <laughs> not really the dumb thing, is it? It isn't. But I think you know. But I have. It's <laughs> been awful. <laughs> but there aren't many. You know, there aren't many genuine kind of working class voices, certainly within the alternative comedy. You know, as much as me and Jim Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, I think that that's interesting, and that you know, and and writing again, writing. It reminds me of Limmy's autobiography, your autobiography, not only because you talk about wanking a lot in it, but <laughs> but you know, it's it's a voice of someone that you don't usually hear in comedy and in and in books as well. I think. Presumably, do you self-publish? Is it self-published? Yeah. Is it that obvious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just because I think it would be, uh, you know, it would be. I it's hard to see who would. No, no, but I mean, that, but that's that's completely the thing. Is yeah. all, all the way through. I've released my own albums 
and self-published the book because no no one's going to touch it with a shitty stick, are they? Because it's just got it's got the cunt word all over it. And be, <laughs> even if it's spelt with a K, when yeah. you sort of say it, it sort of sounds like the C version. It does. That's <laughs> like, you know that hadn't struck me before. <laughs> now you now you say it. I wrote a book called Talking Cock and then it wasn't until we put it in the bookshops we realised no one would put it in the window because <laughs> it had the word cock in it. So it is, you know, it is, it's a commercial decision but it, I, I guess the internet coming along and it was re- the timing of it was, was pretty much perfect for you. It maybe oh, could have c- been a bit early. Yeah. So that you were able to use MySpace and stuff initially which dates it. Yeah. Um, but do you remember MySpace? Do you know what that is? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And but that's that's the perfect way to you know you've created this yeah, yeah, amazing audience of people for what you're doing. But but when when kind of social media come along, you know, in the sort of golden days of social media, yeah, it meant that you could kind of cut out all the filters um, that that were between you and, and the audience. Yeah. So you could kind of go straight straight to the people that would enjoy it. And I always felt like. I was writing, you know, even when we'd done the talent competitions and half the people hated it, you could see that there was an audience there for it, yeah. but playing like working men's clubs and pubs, it's, it's hard, you know, it's really fucking hard work and it's, di- it's dangerous as well. Yeah. But on the, in- on the internet, you know, <laughs> but, but you just kind of found that people would kind of gravitate towards it and would, and would also tell their mates about it. And that yeah. kind of word of mouth thing that, that would happen, um, you know, it would just happen much quicker. So yeah. people would share your stuff and tell their mates about it. And, and then... You know, obviously, until kind of the social media companies worked out that they could monetize you speaking to your fans, yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, again, you were one of the, as you say in the book, you were kind of an early person within the first year of YouTube. Your stuff was going up on YouTube. Yeah. And there wasn't really much no, competition there at that no, point. No, it, it was like YouTube was basically you've been framed up until <laughs> up until then. It, it was you know just like fat blokes getting out of swimming pools and their trunks coming down and cat, <laughs> cat cats playing the piano and then. Yeah. But but there was there was a kid beat me onto YouTube with a video to one of my songs. It was like this fourteen year old kid rec- uh, made a video for Have a Wank, <laughs> and and he put it up on his YouTube channel. And you saw all these other videos had like fifteen hundred hits, and this had like one hundred and fifty thousand hits. <laughs> but you know that it was all just like men with their aubergines who, <laughs> who would have liked a fourteen year old boy singing about having a wank with his cat. <laughs> it's an audience. That's the thing. It's still. They're still paying money. If it keeps them off the streets. That's not such a bad thing. And uh, look, you, you, I remember you retiring in 2016. I was quite—I've I've always been a fan of your stuff, and, I've, and I was quite disappointed that you were that you were giving up. Was that a gen? Were you, were you sort of? Was that a genuine feeling that it was time to end it, or was it? Yeah, yeah. I, I just—it it, was—I'd done Paperboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thought I can't top that. <laughs> No, 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 but I I, I don't know. I think at the time I'd got stuck in this this kind of idea that every tour and every album you had to kind of raise raise the bar, you know, and kind of be more edgy and worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, when you write a song like like Paperboy, (laughs) you sort of think, well, where do I actually go? Where do I actually go from here? (laughs) And and also, like, I'd done lots, I'd done lots of gigs, and I've. You know, over over the fifteen or so years I was gigging, I was playing exactly the same venues as when I started, but just to more people. Yeah. And so it just becomes a bit like you feel like you're hitting your head up against a brick wall, just playing the same stuff over and over. Yeah. You know. Um. But obviously, you know, a couple of years away, 
and just I realised what a fucking wanker I was giving it all up. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, you know, having, having to go and do tiling and painting for my mate, and it's re- like real life's fucking rubbish. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really hard work. <laughs> it is. And you come don't on. get much money for <laughs> you it. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. And then, but what you've come back with, I mean, it's, again, it's, it feels like genuinely satirical, well, subversively and satirical, because it's, even as again as as basic and childish as it is to say um, Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt, yeah, it's sort of you know to have someone. It's a little bit like the boy standing up in front of the crowd and going, "The, the king has no clothes on." It's just it's, it needs someone to say it, and obviously the response to that, uh, and the and Prince Andrew is the yep. sweaty nonce, <laughs> which was emblazoned all over Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say the big flag? Yeah, that's <laughs> not the big flag. That's what I repeat. So, it obvi- you know, it's it's simple, but it's but it you know to to actually decide I'm going to go up against you know the the dross that comes out at Christmas and put these Christmas songs out, but also the message is one of subversion. It's it, it's not exactly a change of direction because I think there's always that element to it, but it it is, it does feel like proper you know, social satire or sort of satire from a social point of view. Yeah. I, I, spo- I suppose so, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I think anyone that's kind of followed Boris Johnson's work throughout his career <laughs> would sort of come to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't something that was massively pre-planned and it sort of, yeah, it, it sort of came about quite organically in, in the, um, just, just before lockdown. So I, I, I wrote the book in 2018 and then um, did a Kickstarter to fund it because I was I was painting and tiling for my mate and it just basically ran out of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and people funded the book and then when you kind of reach your your funding goal, someone said to me you should do a stretch goal with like another you know, another aim. And so I said uh, what, what I'd always wanted to do was just to make an album of punk stuff, you know, yeah. like the the song the same songs but just in a kind of punk setting uh, with like a four piece band. And so. I did that as a stretch goal and then reached the funding and then it took kind of like 18 months to get a band to get, you know, it's a big fucking pain in the arse <laughs> getting a band together yeah. when you're in your kind of mid-30s like me. Because um, <laughs> I believe it. Because everyone's got, you know, everyone's got wives and families, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and commitments. But eventually got the band together, recorded the punk album and the last song to go on it was the Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt one. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, in, in sort of September before the Christmas, Ginger from the Wild Hearts, uh, you know, band the Wild Hearts, just tweeted a link to Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt on Spotify and put Christmas number one, question mark. <laughs> and it just sort of sowed the seeds of the idea. And then um, Charlie Brooker tweeted it uh, at, at the end of October. And so I just kind of had, had, had a word with a couple of mates and said, do you think we should do this? And everyone, everyone was largely like, fuck it, just do it. And yeah. Yeah, and, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And where did it get to? It didn't get to number. Or did it get, it's so, there's so many different charts and so many different ways of judging stuff. No, it, it got to it got number five in the in the proper charts. charts yeah, behind behind like Wham, Mariah Carey, <laughs> that, uh, that sausage roll cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's less popular than Boris Johnson. That's how. That's, how bad, bad, that's got more round applause than John, Boris Johnson. Is uh, yeah, I mean, you've taken against uh, lad. Is it lad baby or you call him baby lad? Don't you? Is no, no, ba- baby lad is it's the not real my one. alter ego yeah. of lad, lad baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much I've taken against him, but there's been a lot of smoke and mirrors in in the you know me, meanwhile while releasing all these charity songs and getting pictured outside food banks and recording with the food bank choir 
he's become a millionaire. Right. And he wasn't a millionaire before he started making charity songs. And, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying he's been stuffing the cash in his pockets. <laughs> Good. I'm I glad you're not. That, I'm no. glad you're not saying that. And the, the BBC, obviously, like when it, when those so- when any of these songs are on, they're not really playing. They're not playing them, are they? No. Uh, the, the the thing that I've the, the thing that I can't. I mean, I didn't really realise this is that the BBC sort of f- filter their news to you by not telling not telling you things. And it's, that's that's the thing that I found really weird is they just find a way of just not letting anyone know that it exists, even yeah. when it's number five in the charts. Calling wow. the prime minister a fucking cunt, <laughs> I think is a is a story, you know. Yeah. But but they didn't report on it like at all. And I know it's called I know it's called the cunts, and I know it's got the, the <laughs> c word all over it, and it's referring to the prime minister. But surely there's a way, of, like if your audience are intelligent, which I think the people that read BBC News and, and, and follow, you know, follow yeah. the BBC News are intelligent. So they should be credited with the intelligence to be, a- the intelligence to be able to filter out what news they... You know, if they don't like it, they, they can just click on something else. But sure. to not tell them about it just feels a bit weird. It does. It feels like it's a story. You did, really, did you give them a, ver- a clean version of it? And if uh, so, what, what the hell is the clean version of it? The clean version was called Boris Johnson is a Sausage Roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. Oh, that's fine. That should, that should be allowed. And uh, and how did the so you did a, you did it for a second Christmas with still if Boris Johnson still a fucking cunt? Yeah, yeah. The year the year yeah year yeah. later did Boris Johnson is still a fucking cunt? And then you've done a jubilee. Prince Andrew is a sweaty nonce. He is. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did the, how did how did it do? How did that one? How did the did you get that, to, that it, got to number twenty? Right. But I mean the it was one of one of those things where you know the press sort of really just did their best to ignore it and there was some really weird stuff happened. my youtube got taken down yeah I saw the, that, the, yeah. yeah like the week the week of release like i was just about to release the video and the youtube went and my youtube got killed 10 years ago when i did a song about the royal family and i'm not you know the thing is if you talk about these things you sound like a fucking mentalist <laughs> <laughs> but surely it's it's a bit of a coincidence like you know because my, my channel was in good health i had one warning about wank fantasy from two years ago <laughs> 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 from from when upskirt uh, upskirting went out of fashion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not okay, is it? It's not okay <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but you know, in a sense, you are documenting a, a side of society from a different angle. Well, from a different angle. <laughs> But you know, but your career shows things that were acceptable and unacceptable, and you know you are very critical. It's not like you know you're, you're very critical of uh, of uh, Operation Utree people who are in Operation Utree, which you know is probably the right yeah yeah of course because angle to take right. <laughs> if it was like Rolf Harris is okay, you know it would be come on he's done he didn't do anything that bad that would be wrong. But you're critical of the yeah there, there's no good old Rolf and good old no. Jimmy and <laughs> no. the good old days of the BBC green rooms. There's, there, there, there's none of, there's none of that you know obviously obviously it's a, it's a terrible thing but you've got you know I, I think you've you know these terrible fucking things that happen you've got to just find an angle 
to laugh about it because the easiest thing is to just not talk about it and sweep it under the carpet and yeah. you know and ultimately you know just you just look at Jimmy Savile now and you look at Rolf and they just look so noncy <laughs> like <laughs> how did no one notice just look at the fucking state of them like they let they let them hang around hospitals and sick kids looking like that and you just well, yeah, but you know, by, again, by pointing these things up, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, you know, it's not like people haven't realised it themselves, but it's, you know, it, it's, the, it's, I think it's a satirical thing. It's, it's really important it's a, to talk about these things. I think it, there's something about the, again, there's jokes that you can do that I think, and there's lines you can take out of context. Text. There are things I think in your work that I go, oh, you know, makes you go, oh, yeah, like no, paper no. boy, paper boy, you know. And the rest of that, you're going to go, oh, but you still laugh when it comes up because it's so audacious. I think the, you know, the juxtaposition of the jauntiness and also the character, I think. The character's so cheeky and, and innocent, really. That, that that's something that I noticed quite yeah. early on, is if, if you kind of, you know, like wear a ridiculous suit and make yourself look ridiculous, you can kind of come across like a kid's TV <laughs> presenter. Yeah. Whereas if you're sort of going like this to people, yeah. you know, you get away with a lot less. It's content, you know, but I think, Jerry, you know, it reminds me of Jerry Sadovitz, who is another comedian I absolutely adore, but who says things that actually make me feel a bit sick. Uh, they're, so, they're so, you know, and I don't, I think he means some of it as well. So like, but, but as a theatrical experience, that's quite, you know, I don't, I want to go and see it and I want him to be allowed to say it. It makes, some of it makes me upset, but again, you can't go, oh, hold on. I've been laughing for an hour at all this other stuff and now you've crossed the line for me. You know, that's crazy. So you, you've, you've, you're creating an environment which I think comedy can do and it certainly, you know, in the internet can do, a comedy club can do, where you're saying, this is the joke, that we're going to talk about anything within this and if you don't want to have it, don't, if this isn't your thing, keep out. Yeah. And, but, it's, but it's not nasty and I think there's lots of stuff in it that is actually... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quite noble and moral. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that isn't. Uh, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's, I find it fascinating that, you know, because you can't, if, some, if I was to argue with that guy on Twitter, I didn't bother, but I can't really say, well, you know, I think that's actually okay in this case, because most comedians I go, 
that is what he said there is not okay. But but, but, but you'd never come out right at the start of a show no. and say, talk about breaking a chair leg off and sticking up no. up someone. No. <laughs> <laughs> what you do is trick people to come along with you <laughs> for, for the ride and then yeah. kind of surprise them with it. At the <laughs> To, towards the end, by which point they're already on board. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, if, if, and, and that, I mean, that's what you would get cancelled for it if you were like on TV. I oh, think. if yeah. I'd been, <laughs> uh, if I'd ever been commissioned, I'd be cancelled. Yeah. But I, <laughs> but I haven't. So all they can do is just throw me off YouTube. That's the worst thing that anyone can do. Yeah, and it feels like even if that happens, there's a, there's a, enough people behind it. And I don't, you know, and I think it's. There's comedians who get into this nasty, nasty stuff and, and they're coming from a weird angle and then you look at their audience and you think, yeah, you've got an audience full of cunts and that's why they're enjoying <laughs> this, <laughs> this actual shit stuff. But your audience seem like... I mean, there's a lot of them here. I mean, they look quite like my audience. I don't know. Some of them are in the dark at the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones you want to worry about. I mean, they're not... I mean, it's better that they're at home uh, on, uh, uh, <laughs> rather than out. But it's... But you know, it's it, that's that's a good judge of I think when you see the kind of people who are coming to you can sometimes sometimes someone goes that sh a shocking way or and, and it's and there's no subtlety behind it and that seems a weird thing to say to you talk, to talk to you about subtlety there seems like there is a lot of nuance. <laughs> there is, but there is. <laughs> that's amazing nuance. Did you really genuinely try and do a, a kids? version of the kids album of your songs or was that a joke no no i did i, I had a kid i had a kids <laughs> i had a kids album yeah. all written then i went swimming with my iphone and lost a lot <laughs> but but during lock during lockdown because i was doing these kind of uh, on online shows in lockdown yeah. um i resurrected a couple of them pat the dog yeah and, <laughs> and a lonely mouse in the travel lodge <laughs> So someone suggested. Someone suggested to me it should have been a lonely nap in a travel cot. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely nap. A lovely nap. A lovely nap in a travel lodge. That would be good. Um, well, you know, good luck with that. I mean, they are. You know, they're. Very, I think kids would uh, would enjoy these tunes. I think that's a very good point. So I think that would be. Uh, that would be nice. Um, People have sent me videos of their kids enjoying the tunes <laughs> sh shortly before they're taken into care. <laughs> <laughs> but see, look, I think so. Like, uh, I sucked off a bloke, and I didn't like it. Uh, well, a, I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously, you don't get permission to use the tunes. Of the, did you get to Katy Perry say, "Can I do a parody of this song?" No. What's the legality of it? You're just hoping. No. no, no you what you have to do is just do it because no one's ever going to sue me because it would just give me publicity. And, and, it's, <laughs> and and it's, it's the same. It's the same with Prince Andrew. You can just say whatever you want about him, yeah. and he's not going to sue you because he wants to stay out of court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, he'll just pay you off. I'll, I'll settle. Say, I'll settle. Twelve million with your stuff. <laughs> but what you know, I think I again. You could do. I I sucked off a bloke and I didn't like it. it could be a very different song, but there's a sort of element to that that. We think you probably did quite like it, and there's and as it goes, as it goes on, it's like it would have been fine if he washed it. And it's, so it's like it's quite a, it's you know it's an it's an open song, it's an accepting song. It's not like I you know I ugh, being gay is uh, it's like oh I, I had to do this thing and it wasn't very nice because the yeah. it was a builder with this horrible cock, but yeah. 
I think that's you know it's, that's what I mean. It's quite, sort of progressive to be doing. And, and also, it's just so ridiculous. You can't really if you try and take it too seriously, yeah. you know. But is it? But also, like the rigid, I mean, I've got a problem with Katy Perry's stuff because it's sort of aimed at kids, and I've got kids. My daughter loves Katy Perry, but it's all fucking disgusting. It's ruder than you are. <laughs> Katy Perry stuff is all about cocks, and it's all about lesbian. You know, I kissed a girl and I liked it. It's not. That's just titillating for. Yeah. But, you know, but they're great. They're great they're, tunes. They're really they? good they're tunes. They're good tunes. But it's all about. It's basically every song is about spunking cocks. You, you and you and her should get to and do an album called Every Song together. Is About Spunking yeah. Cocks. We should definitely do a, a, a thing together. I'm happy to be billed second if that happens. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's, let's see. if I can get in touch with her and suggest it to her. But that's you know. But that so. I think it's a nice parody of that because you know it's it's what she's doing is. You know, is, is is she's doing a children's album that is that that, that is as pop, subtle as yours? Pop has been about sex and it since the dawn of time. You know, yeah. with like Elvis kind of wiggling his hips. Like it has always been about that. It's not a not a new thing, is no. it? But she's so aimed at you know she is trying. She's doing the same thing as you. The reason it works for you is because it's exactly the kind of tune you would do and and then did do. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and the kids, you know, little kids, like tiny kids like it. I mean, I, you know, it's I like the fact that you think Katy Perry's more likely to get a call from Operation Dune <laughs> than think, me. I think, <laughs> be, I'm more embarrassed listening to her music in the car than yours. <laughs> I think we could get away with it, listening to your stuff just about. Um, and, you know, I think, but I think, like, again, something like uh, Paul Stevenson's Party, that is... That's a that's a wonderful story about that everyone will relate to. That is about those kind of crazy house parties that I think again went on more last century than this century. Yeah. I think where you would go and destroy someone's house. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. just because their <laughs> mum and dad are away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's they, no one. There's no one to stop you. Yeah. But yeah, no. That that was one. That was one of those parties where you just kind of you turn up and they realise that. There's no one regulating. Yeah. And, and because of that, you know, everyone that turned up got in. And I, I remember just walking through to the kitchen. There was a bloke um, opening, like, the front-loading video player and just cramming a banana into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go through the kitchen and someone was buttering Jacob crackers and retiling the kitchen. <laughs> and a bloke was just spinning around with his bottle of tomato sauce. I mean, it was just carnage. Yeah. And... and and Paul was just asleep on the sofa the whole <laughs> way through it, and while his house just got wrecked around him. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, and it's a ima- you don't even talk about it. But it's imagining his parents coming back and finding all this disaster, and you know what what the repercussions that we at Brian Bancroft's house, we had we had, his parents w- went away and left us having parties at his house a lot, and we used, the thing we did was drew cocks behind some of the pictures <laughs> on the wall, <laughs> so that they would that they would be there. <laughs> And they'd be there for a good while, and then when that picture got taken off, there would be a cock. They're probably <laughs> 10 or 15 years later. And the, the, the family would wonder what had happened. But, yeah, I mean, some, cr- some crazy shit happened in those, uh, those, that kind of thing, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's extraordinary stuff. Um, let me ask you some emergency questions before we go back to talking about your illustrious career and what's coming next. Um, oh, we're doing pretty well, actually. Oh, no, my page has come out. That's a disaster. Um, uh, wow, well, so I wonder... Yeah, I guess it has. I'll ask you this one instead. Um, if you could, were like a caterpillar and could go into a chrysalis and come out as anything, what would you come out of as the chrysalis if you could go into a chrysalis and come out? Like a successful pop star. <laughs> <laughs> like, you not like Ed Sheeran, <laughs> but like, you know, like a good one. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, no, I think... Do you think you could be... I mean, do you think this, this act could become... No. No. <laughs> I've, I've gone through all the permutations yeah. <laughs> hundreds of times and the answer's always no. But the music's good, right? So you're, you're a very good music. The, the actual music is catchy and good. You could not call yourself Cunt and the Gang. It'd be a massive climb down. Like after being, <laughs> you know, you, you, it's just watering it down. When you try and kind of water things down so people yeah. like them, it just never fucking works, does it? <laughs> I guess. But it's, you know, but in a sense... I know, you know, you've come back to it and it's kind of gone better than, than in the last four or five years. It's probably got bigger than it was even in the 15 years you did it before, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's, gr- it's growing. I think, I know, I really, you know, I'm a big fan of using the internet to, to do stuff and for exactly the same reasons as, as you, really. I mean, it's, it's sort of interesting that you felt like the doors were all closed to you. And I know you talk about Avalon, who are my <laughs> manager me. Oh, that, that was very early on, yeah, though. Yeah. Right? That was when I, when I sort of put my first album out and yeah. just sent it, you know, because someone said send it to Avalon. Just yeah. got such a rude, dismissive email. Yeah. That's what they're like. They're horrible. <laughs> just like, give, give, give up, mate. I've, <laughs> I've a big and stun it. Why would you want another one? Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm surprised. They usually, I'm, I'm surprised. They're usually quite good at spotting stuff. But I, I can see... They don't they didn't need to be so rude to you. I don't have to say, but they are. Are you apologising on their behalf? No, I'm not. They're horrible cunts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but I can see, you know, I think maybe they, you know, that they would probably want a commercial... Oh. twist on it and I think that's probably the truth of it I, I, I do get why if someone sends you a CD of a song called Use My Arsehole as a cunt <laughs> <laughs> you might think that there's no commercial uh, <laughs> possibilities for but it they, they represented they did represent Jerry Sadovitz oh, to, really? to begin with yeah so I used to gig with Jerry Sadovitz 20-30 years ago because uh, he w- he'd headline and I'd support him sometimes you know and so and they got him a TV show. They got, they'd get him onto TV. And but he, he wasn't called Jerry Cuntovitz, was he? <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, no, I, don't, I don't think getting onto TV is, you know, is the, A, it's not the right thing for you, but I don't think it's as big a deal as what you're actually doing. I think TV is just fading away as an idea anyway. And if you can get something online, it's just getting it out to more and more people, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's what these... So the, the recent songs are doing that. They must be getting more and more people to your online work and then you seem to be doing you do a lot of merch and things like that and obviously the book and, yeah. and you're in control you uh, you're in control of you're your own publisher right so yeah for your music as well yeah so you're getting any money that's coming in i don't know if there's a lot yeah. of money coming in but no no it's not much no it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like because you've got lots of lots of little revenue streams yeah. you know that kind of makes up a living but you know th- this idea that you can make any money off music like the the only the only reason i kind of did it all those years was because I was doing it on my own and sort of since having put a band together, yeah. you just realise how it's really fucking hard to, to get people to pay money to have to have a band on, yeah. you know, and, and by the time you pay, you know, because you want to sort of give give the guys playing in the band something decent. It, yeah. it's, you know, I'd never ever have got it off the ground if I'd have had a band, but it was only because it was me with a suitcase and little cunt in, you know, that, that <laughs> it kind of, that it sort of w- was able to do it all those years. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's, are you gonna, is it going to? Is it something you're going to push on with and carry on with, or is it? Are you, are you, f- are you feeling like the momentum's there? Because it feels like it is, right? No, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. just, I'll just kind of carry on. <laughs> I mean, it's just if, if something's interesting, then yeah. you know, you, you sort of carry it on, and it's, it feels really good at the moment. Like, yeah. I, I like the idea of just, you know, being an irritant to the cunts in control. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and just making life awkward for him, just being that person, just going like, hello, look, he's a fucking nonce. The Queen's son's, the Queen's son's a nonce, haven't you noticed? No, he hasn't got COVID, he's a nonce. <laughs> But it's good, you know, it's a role and it's a comedic role. It's, you know, it's a prop. It does feel like, uh, that, uh, you know, it feels like the proper court jesters of the old and that they would say the actual thing that you couldn't say and yeah. sometimes get executed as a result. <laughs> I mean, that could, that could happen. Yeah, I did, I come past the tower tonight on my way and then kind of <laughs> gave it a cursory glance. And so, like, no, no do people not know... It's nothing about who you really are, right? On online, or is it, or am I? Could I just not find it? There's no. We don't know what your real name is, or do people know what your real name some, is? Some some people might yeah. know, but I, I just kind of think the fun in the fun in it is yeah. like once you find out who Father Christmas is, it's fucking rubbish. <laughs> like, <laughs> life, life, you know, life is ultimately fucking bleak and rubbish, <laughs> yeah. and so anywhere you can just find a little bit of magic to cling on to to get you through it, like what. Why, why would you want? Why would you want to know? You know, like when no. you see the Wizard of Oz, he's just come, some cunt behind a curtain. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just not that interesting, you know. No, it's you know, it's quite unusual to not, you know. We know I know you worked as a council worker in Basildon. Is about the only, and there's like there's a few little bits in the in the autobiography, I guess, that give away some slight biographical details, like your uncle went to Oxford and is a CBE. So, you know, we, that'd be enough. That's the starting point. We can f unravel the thread. It's not like Kendo Nagasaki because it's, <laughs> it's your actual face, right? So it should, be, it should be... No one's that bothered, I think, is that, to find out. <laughs> ultimately, I think you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> oh, I could find it. Oh, it's a little bit of work. It's a tiny bit of work. But, you know, it's, I mean, that's quite unusual. To, and, and I... No, and I like it. I mean, it is. No, but it's because I've been massively fucking unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I've got away with it. But you would think, like that, you know, you'd think that if if the YouTube had pulling you pull, uh, pulling you off, I was going to say, but that's not right. <laughs> if YouTube had taken your stuff down, and you know, you'd think, and you're getting into the the charts, you'd think the tabloids would start sniffing around you a bit to try and but, but, knock you down. But but the thing is, is to knock me down they'd have to let people know about it in the first <laughs> yeah. place. And they just don't want people to know. Like, the Prince Andrew song recently, the Daily Mail didn't write about it, like, at all. Right. They didn't even mention it. And it's because the tabloids kind of feed people their worldview, you know, just to kind of keep them buying the newspaper. And they don't want to give them anything that's going to upset them. And so I, I do sort of, you know, I've sort of worked out how it all works. It's, but it's fucking rubbish, the idea of... You know, you look at a newspaper and them not telling you something just to kind of be an arm around the shoulder and kind of keep you all right. It is fucking rubbish, the yeah. way the media works. It is. I mean, I guess the only counterpoint to that is you, you are still able to do it. I mean, that's the only... Like, yeah. in certain societies, you wouldn't be able to even do this. Yeah. But that's that's it. I guess no, no, like, I, like, you know, like Britain in three or four years' time. Yeah, I'd say I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. You know, it sort of is slightly sinister and weird, but it's, it's a bit like the, the Sex Pistols with God Save the Queen. It's the same sort of thing that the, the, the you know, there is that thing when, it, especially it comes to the royals, that there's a, there's a protective thing around them where, you know, but the, I mean, given the papers have been just writing about nothing else than Prince Andrew, it seems weird for them not to not to have you just bluntly saying what they've been hinting at for the last couple no, of years. No, but but they just don't want to give us the publicity. Yeah, you know, they want to tell everyone he's a sweaty nonce, <laughs> but but just not in those blunt terms. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's interesting stuff. Right, I'll ask you a couple more emergency questions. I've got to ask you, cunt, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? I haven't asked anyone that for a while. Uh, but I'm, I'm very tall. Yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> so you should be able to bend over further. I've spent a lot of time in travel lodges. <laughs> Well, everyone's tried, but yeah, yeah. I, never, I never, I just haven't. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no I've got the length. I, I had a guy, I had a guy come up to me in a, a at the bird's nest in Deptford, this a venue in South London, and uh, tell me that the way you do it is you get a headboard with slats on, and then that way, like a Chinese gymnast being forced kind of further down every day, you get your feet down one more slat every week, <laughs> and that, that's how you manage it. Okay, well, it's good to know. You should try it. <laughs> People think someone just tried over there, so the <laughs> cops popped their back. Oh, I was good. There, there was uh, you were you were assassinated with a water pistol full of piss. Yep. Well, tell us that story. So I, d I did a tribute song for Amy Winehouse okay. uh, <laughs> called "Amy, Amy, It's a Terrible Shame." And um, about it was about six months after the event. Um, I was doing a gig in a in a Highbury in Highbury and Isling, just opposite Highbury and Islington Tube, and I was just sat chilling out before the gig, and this bloke just kind of emerged from nowhere. He's kind of a short little bloke in a beanie hat, and he held up this newspaper saying "Insult to my Amy" on on the front page, which yeah. uh, as later turned out it was about some fashion show where the models were dressed as Amy Winehouse. Okay. So, <laughs> so he, he held this up, and I just sort of went, "Yeah, yeah, nice one," and he just pulled this water pistol out. And he pointed at me and just started squirting it. And uh, so I went, yeah, nice, nice one, mate. And sort of got up to put my finger over the end of it. And then he just went, it's my piss, it's my piss, it's my actual piss. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just went like clump. <laughs> and, and lumped him and knocked him, knocked him over. And my, right. mate, my mate sort of pulled me off him because I was sticking the boot in. And he got up and just like ran up the stairs. And I just sort of ran after him, just not really knowing whether I wanted to catch him or not. Yeah. And I said to the, boun the bouncer, went, are you all right, mate? I went, no, I've just been assassinated with piss. <laughs> and he went, oh, what, that bloke there? Yeah, he just ran past me a minute ago. I wonder what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, so that was it. I, I mean, he, he had to piss into a water pistol, first of all, so it's not that, he's, you know, he's, he's lost already, hasn't yeah. he? So he's <laughs> definitely got some of his own piss on himself. Oh, I hope so. Definitely. You can't fill those things without spilling a bit around it. Yeah. If, he, if he's filling it direct from his penis as well. I don't know if he... Pissed into a glass and then poured it in, but with even, a funnel. Even, yeah, even that. There's gonna, there's gonna be some. That does, that does give me some comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I had a thing where a guy, similarly, like a guy, I, he, he, he was being, he was drunk and annoying in, in Edinburgh, and he was started being rude to the girls we were with. So I told him to leave, and then he left, and he came back, and he poured a pint of warm liquid over my head, which I thought was piss. And I think like if that happens in a film. The person just stands there and goes, oh. But if it happens in real life and you think you've, someone's got piss on you, you try and Whack attack them. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think he was really surprised that I had I tried to get him. Uh, but, you know, you, you similarly you must have thought, I'm going to shoot you with piss, and then not thought. No, and no, then he'll hit me in the face. But no, no, but every, every time I've had a lone assailant, they're always, they're always surprised when you do anything back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a big guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If I was going to, I'd have to. It'd have to be a long-range super soaker. <laughs> I could get you, like President Kennedy from the. I'll be up at the balcony. We'd have to have two shooters. <laughs> you could come close because I've got long legs, but I'm not that quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I like the story about you. 
because well, you remember, I think the videos is again is a reason why these songs have really you know you got into actually making videos of these things quite early, which was a bit of luck really, wasn't it? Because yeah, you yeah. had a guy who was sort of helping you out. With yeah, it. I, I just met met a local guy who, yeah. who was kind of into you know just starting off making videos, and so he he sort of came on board and helped us with all the videos. Yeah, because the video. No, I think again, Lonely Wank in the Travel Lodge. What's wonderful about it is the is the sax is player coming out of the behind <laughs> the curtain. <laughs> you know, it's just it's beautifully shot. It's, sax is a lonely instrument, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, but there was in the book you talk about uh, throw you th- were throwing a body off a car park, right? The, oh the yeah, this was the, the, for the fuck sticks video yeah. because. Um, I'd been reading a book about Alfred Hitchcock, and he always <laughs> said, like at the end of you know, at, at the end of a um, at the end of a film, he'd have like you know a, a stunt or a location, you know, like what's the mountain with the presidents on? Yeah, uh, Mush- Rushmore. Yeah, and uh, and so I thought, right, yeah, we we need something big at the end of this thing. So I thought, <laughs> right, I'm going to throw an effigy of myself off a car park and make it look like I've fallen off a car park. <laughs> and so we stuffed this um, uh, like a bodysuit full of pillars and duvets and wrapped them up like really tight so it was really fucking heavy and uh, take my jacket and hair onto it and uh, and then <laughs> yeah, <all> right. uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, we took it up to the top of the multi-storey car park in Greys and uh, I Mike, Mike uh, who was doing the videos was filming from this bridge that was kind of like halfway um, up to the car park and my sister Lil was filming from like down on the ground in the, in the, in the little slip road along the side of the car park and I went up the top and I said, right, coast clear. And they both give me the thumbs up. And I hoid this big body over. And as I've done it, Mike's gone, no, stop. <laughs> and these two old ladies have come around the corner <laughs> and thought they'd seen someone plummet to their doom. And, and because my sister was the one on the ground, they just had a massive fucking good, like, you idiot, what were you doing? We thought we just saw someone kill themselves. <laughs> Good, and they could have had a heart attack and died. It would have been a brilliant story. Um, <laughs> the, the book is terrific. I'm, I'm, I'm like about 60% of the way through because I only discovered it today. That's poor research on my behalf. Um, but I've really been enjoying listening to it today. So I do. You can get it on Audible. You can get it presumably. I think you can just get it on Audible, but yeah. I need to just sort something else out. Right. Can you get the Can you get the physical book, though? Is the book for sale as well, or is it? No, I no. just I need to sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> you call Calvin Harris Calvin Klein in it. That's the only thing I noticed. There. That's why. That's what made me think he hasn't got a publisher because they would have pointed. No, out I did that. do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, and you know, there's lots of. The, I love the philosophy of it's just a butterfly. That's not. A, that's not a song about wanking. That's a beautiful. <laughs> that's a beautiful song. Yeah, that's why this shows a sensitive side, but also like this rationalist. Yeah. That, that was my, my mate, um, Gel, who plays guitar for us now in right. the band. Uh, he's, he's always complaining about things that people say, you know, like when someone says, my wife made me a homemade pie. Said, well, of course she did. <laughs> 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 she, she's your wife, and she, didn't, she hasn't got a factory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he came round one day just complaining about people that think butterflies are deceased relatives. <laughs> <laughs> and this little light bulb just appeared above my head. And yeah. like... Yeah, so yeah, that's that's how the song came about. But you know, again, it's, it's about it, there's a sort of nihilism and there's a but it's realism and nihilism, isn't it? Together in these songs, and that is about the the way you know it's just like you die and you're dead and get over it, grow up. <laughs> no, <laughs> Basically, no, that's the message. It's fucking rubbish, isn't it? But yeah. 
But yeah, but you know, we'd all like to think that our relatives come back as robins and butterflies. It would be really comforting, but fucking grow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so late. But what's great about it is you go, why is why are you not saying the worm and the beetles? You say that you pick on the other insects. Oh no, no. People this is this is my my dad sadly passed away in November, so like oh. every time, you know, a wasp kind of comes around, <laughs> you're like this. <laughs> Don't swear, it could be my dad. <laughs> That's what he would have wanted. <laughs> but I think, you know, it is, it is, it's interesting, and I think it's a real comedian's way of coping with stuff. And some, you know, and it's not for, like, it's really not for everyone. No, you know, no, some people want to have that veil, some people want to pretend everything's lovely, people don't, some people don't want to joke about the dark subjects. But as a comedian, I think there's, you know, like you've said, you know, a, a, a girl you know dying, and, a, and your, your twin brother dying, um, it's, you know, some people would want to leave that behind, but it's a sort of comedian's instinct to... I mean, you know, I've, done, I've, I've, got, a te- I've got a puppet of my lost testicle, so it's, the, it's, exact, <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It's like most people go, oh, I, I'll shut up about that and I won't talk H- about has it. Has he got a name? It, it's called Right Bollock. Um, <laughs> so he's, he's available if you want to, to put him in, <laughs> in the video. Um, but, uh, you know, so, but it's a really... Int- you know, I'm not sure it's the right way to cope with what's happened to me, but it's an interesting way to cope with what's happened to me. And I think it's... You know, but I think that's the comedian's instinct, that you would go, OK, this is a terrible thing. But what can I? What it hasn't killed me. I'm still here. What what can I do to make yeah. people laugh with it? And I think by you know genuinely, I think it's there's a sort of catharsis to this. And I think you know even in that butterfly song you say at the beginning, it's nice for people to you know, can understand why people think it's a nice thing to yeah. think. But here's what I think about it. <laughs> and it, was, it would be so good to say that to someone out there, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> And to you know, and you're using love is like a butterfly as well as a sort of going through. Yeah, no, that's, that's just an added little layer, yeah. you know, to use that. It's such a, it's such a, it's a beautiful song, um, and uh, as you know, as many of them are. So it's uh, what, what have you got coming up in the future? What's what are you? Um, the the most pressing thing is I, I wrote a musical. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> so I wrote, wrote a musical in 2010 about the Shannon Matthews disappearance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> called Shannon Matthews the Musical. Yeah. And clearly no one was ever going to put it on. <laughs> so I, I recorded it as like an audio CD and yeah. uh, and over the last 12 years I've just sold, you know, just sold the CD. And then um, a, a girl who runs a theatre company in York uh, got in touch uh, last year and said I'd like to put Shannon Matthews the musical <laughs> on in Edinburgh. <laughs> and she's been sectioned since. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, no, it, it, it appears to all be going ahead in Edinburgh. But we had um we had um some sort of what, what, like preview shows uh, booked for Leeds because um she was sort of talking about doing some preview shows in London. I just thought it was a bit it's a bit weird kinda you know, Edinburgh's like largely a bit of a middle-class yeah. arts festival to then do the previews in London and not give Yorkshire people a chance to go and see this Yorkshire story. But that turned out to be a really <laughs> misguided way of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thought process sounds all right yeah, when you extra, I was trying to be nice. What's wrong with you? Oh, you ungrateful cunts. <laughs> <laughs> You deserve to be out at two o'clock in the morning in your pajamas. <laughs> uh, yes. So, so the, the the 
the, the local newspaper went straight to the residents of the Jewsbury Moor estate yeah. and didn't give them any of the facts, just kind of gave them a couple of lyrics and got some angry, you know, some, some angry reactions. And the local MP and, and a member of the council just got them to say disgusting and all those kind of things. And then, yeah, they, they, got, it, they, they got the venue to basically um, oh, really? yeah, cave and not, and not show it. Uh. But we've got another venue, but I'm just not putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's—I so, mean, like, it's, that's bad if they don't—if they—if they, if they don't put the show on. But it's sort of, in a way, what you want as well. Certainly for Edinburgh, which will not be worried about anything. <laughs> yeah. No one will stop you doing it in Edinburgh. I don't think. Uh, though occasionally things have been stopped in Edinburgh. Yeah, I don't think they'll stop. It, there's been one venue cave already. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and and we had to go and find another venue. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean. You know, there's a there's a musical about Henry VIII killing all his wives, isn't there? That's that people are enjoying that one. So yeah. it's a it's that's an that's historic a fairly recent tragedy. Yeah, it's an historical. <laughs> there's stuff about the you know Jack the Ripper. I'm sure there's musicals about Jack the Ripper, aren't there? So why not? And this no one died in. Uh, no, it's a story about a missing kid with a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> You can you can have your cake and eat it, <laughs> but it's you know it's a there's you know there's they've done a serious drama about it. No, I exactly. So, I, know, I, so I what's the difference? I mean, it's you know I can say the, I know people are going to go oh because then the real girl might see it and be upset, but you know she's not going to be as upset as what actually happened to her for a start. <laughs> this guy's this guy's gone. There. <laughs> actually, he looks a bit like the guy. <laughs> I was thinking it was the guy. What, the one who had her in the bed <laughs> yeah, place? <laughs> or is, you've just given him the idea. All right, maybe we should try that again. Um, it, you know, it's a bold thing to write a musical about. Certainly, like, at the time, it's basically at the time you wrote it originally. Yeah, yeah but, but I don't sort of go looking for the ideas. The ideas, I'm sure you know, the ideas sort of find you, yeah. and then sometimes they just kind of prod you until you exercise them. And, and that was one of those ones, uh, you know, I had a couple of ideas for songs and I was just like, I'm, you know, no, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's, too much, it's too much work to write a musical. And then, you know, I had three or four ideas for songs. You start to think, no, this could actually be a thing. And then, like, when, when you, it, you know, once I kind of got over that thing of, I mean, Karen Matthews, obvi obviously, you know, like you say about the Operation U Tree people, they're odious individuals. But if you just... You know, like, Rigsby was an odious individual and David Brent was an odious individual and Jill Tyrrell from Nighty Night. But you can still find comedy in it, but it's because Karen Matthews is a real-life person, yeah. you know, just turning her into someone who's just like this fame-hungry person that just kind of wants everyone to love her. You know, it, it, it just, it was just, it really satisfying to write. And <laughs> but equally, I bet any, the people who are complaining about it won't have seen it yet or heard it yet no you know, they've, they've just decided which is you know i think if they go and see it and they go no this is i'm sure i haven't seen i mean i've heard a couple of the songs he's excellent uh, yeah i'm sure it's excellent <laughs> but i'm also sure knowing you i'm bet you know there's more to it than just like the shock value of let's do this i'm sure you know then just from what you've said there that you know that's it's a t it's a morality tale of our time yeah it, it's not it's not celebrating what they did in no. any way but it's just finding a humorous slant on it and finding an angle that enables you to kind of go into the story and just yeah. laugh. I mean, some of the fucking stuff that happened in it, like, you know, her partner Craig me and overdosing on cowpole. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and like her, her, dan her, 
dancing to the policeman's ringtone. And, you know, you're just like, those things are just so fucking ridiculous. The idea that you can't laugh at them, it just seems a bit weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that's going to... Whereabouts is it going to be in Edinburgh? Because this is going to go uh, just... Just the tonic at the caves, one of them one of them ones. Yeah. Yeah. And are you are you performing in it, or is it... No, no, no I'm not. So it's I'd, all other people doing it? Yeah, it's all other people doing it, and then I'm, j- I'm just going to kind of go up for a couple of spells and just sit, sit and enjoy it. What, what time's it on? Mid- midnight. Midnight. Well, peak yeah. slot. Peak slot. <laughs> peak slot. The peak slot for dark, <laughs> dark, terrible humour. Well, look, we'll definitely uh, go and see that if you're in Edinburgh. I think it'll be uh, before it's cancelled. Yeah, go and see it at the start. <laughs> go and see it very early on. Um, and look, good luck with everything. I hope you know. I'm sure you'll be back with more horrible songs about. I hope so. Boris. Well, I mean, you know, I think the Boris Johnson thing, probably you've got another 20 years of being able to sing a different song about him every year. Well, he's he just changed the rules yeah, until he stays in, won't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. So he's not going anywhere. So good good luck in getting him out. You know, it just shows that satire can't do a fucking thing. No, it doesn't, it doesn't do a fucking thing. But you've just got to keep chipping away, haven't you? Because like, otherwise you just give up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think on that point, we should end the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause for Cunt and the Gang from Cunt and the Gang. It's Cunt, it's Cunt you. The folk hero. Thank you very much. We'll see you in next week's show. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash Ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.